Hello everyone, Jesse here. Just wanted to let you know that before we start the episode where Mark and I talk about the Tiki Bar is open, I had posted on a couple of John Hyatt fan sites for people to send me voicemails about their experience with John and his music. To start the episode off, I've got a couple of those voicemails, and then we'll go into talking The Tiki Bar is Open. Hey, my name is Houston Bowles. I live in Portland, Oregon, and I heard you doing an episode about John Hyatt. And I just want to tell you this story about one time I heard John Hyatt on the waterfront in Portland playing a solo show. This must have been about 15 years ago. And great, great, wonderful show. He had the audience in the palm of his hand, and uh, the sun was starting to go down. And it was late summer, and I had this brainstorm that he would want to play his song, Lipstick Sunset, which has a, a lyric in it about you know, the lipstick smeared across an August sky, that kind of thing. And so I I had a napkin and I wrote a little note, said, Hey John, wouldn't it be cool if, if you played Lipstick Sunset right about the time the sun went down? And uh I just walked over and I kinda of set it on the stage. And a couple songs later he he picked up he had picked up the note and he said I think this is a really good idea. And he played the song, and uh, that kind of made my night. John Hyatt. There you go. Hi, this is Jim Kibley from Denver, Colorado. I had a story about meeting John Hyatt. I won a contest to go see him perform at KPCO Studio C in Boulder. And I went up there with my son, and we got to have lunch with John and also Sonny Landreth. And they sat, they both sat down and talked to us quite a bit. And it was really great to hear John's story about bringing his daughter out to the University of Denver and leaving her off and crying all the way back home. And I asked Sonny about his special guitar, which was run by servo motors and had um, automatic tuning, and he took me back into the sound room and showed me how the tuning worked, and it was really, really personal and nice. Anyway, when the radio show started, I pulled up a chair right beside the glass, and John was inside the glass, and I was no more than three feet from him. He did several songs, and one was Riding with the King, when it came to the part where the original lyrics said, ain't no black chicks going to make me crawl, John said, ain't no Dixie chicks going to make me crawl. And he laughed and he looked straight at me and gave me the thumbs up sign. And he was so proud of himself. And I think that's one of the most endearing moments I have ever seen of a performer. It just made me really, really fond of him. So that's my story. Bye. Hi, my name is Chris. I live in the Los Angeles area, and here's my John Hyatt story. I was a fan of John since the late 70s. In about 1980 through 81, I went to work at an agency that uh, was John's agency for booking, and I got to see him many, many, many times. 
John and I got to know each other. We hung out a little bit, and uh, we both participated in some bad habits we shared. Fast forward to 1988, or actually back up a little bit, 86 or so, when John's A&M record started coming out, it was obvious from his music that he had gotten clean and sober, period. And I was inspired. Um, I couldn't do it. I would listen to his music and cry because I couldn't get clean. 19, August of 1988, I did get clean. I was struggling. I needed a, I needed a sponsor. Um, I went to a meeting on a Saturday morning and heard a gentleman that I didn't care for very much share his thoughts on recovery. First time I'd heard him share in a humble, uh, spiritual way, let's say. I went home and put on the tape I recorded of John's appearance on Letterman. He had played on a Friday night, but I didn't stay up to watch it. I recorded it to watch the next day. This was in September of 88. I got home and I put on the tape, the VCR tape, uh, and John performed Slow Turning. Uh, I sat there and bawled like a baby. What he was singing, this gentleman at the meeting had paraphrased during his share. It's a slow process from the inside out. That's what the gentleman said at the meeting. And we all know what John says in slow turning. And I realized right then and there I had to go back and ask that guy to sponsor me. So my story with John is we had met and hung out a little bit when we were participating in things that were not healthy for us. And in 86 forward, John was the one guiding light that got me to recovery. And with that song and God's grace, I now had a sponsor. In about two, I have 33 years clean at this point, August 12th. Welcome to John Hyamon, where we get off the Bruce Springsteen train and we get in the back of a pickup truck and head to Hyatt Town. We will be talking all about John Hyatt, the singer-songwriter from Indiana, who is better known as a songwriter than he is a performer. But we are about to change your mind, and hopefully, if you are a longtime fan of John's music or a newbie, Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. There is a full moon over Daytona Beach. There's a full moon on my mind. And thank God the Tiki Bar is open. (laughs) 
That's right. We are on another John Hyatt episode during John Hyatt month and return guest, one of my fellow DFW buddies, uh, Mark Stevens joining me. Mark, welcome back to the show. Jesse, it's so good to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, just uh, we're going to get to John in just a minute, but uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I uh, have been involved with music since I was 15 years old. Um, I was in bands all through my life. Played uh, When I went to law school, I played in bands to make money. Uh, and I also DJed. Uh, I got a radio TV film degree from Baylor back in 1982. So I got out and tried everything under the sun to uh, get a gig. And I thought, well, how about this? Let's try law school. So I did uh, have been involved with uh, the law for many, many years, over three decades. And uh, it was so great to be able to meet you and talk about Bruce and then follow you so intently on Twitter with all the things you talk about. So uh, these days I am semi-retired, uh, working on my radio station. I would love to talk about that for a minute tonight, if you don't mind. Oh Jason. no, please uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, uh, I've been, we've been at it for two years now. Uh, it's called KLGD, the legend, uh, and it's on live 365 uh, app and do everything and focus a lot of on singer songwriters i love to do shows about bruce about uh what we were talking about tonight um we can go into how to connect up and and listen to it later but that's one of my big hobbies these days is keeping the radio station going on the internet and uh, i just love music and i love talking about it and thank you for letting me be here oh glad to do it so did you get tickets for the 2023 tour? I haven't bought them yet. Uh, the After everything went down and okay. listening to your podcast, I went, well, I, I've uh, in the past, I never really thought about getting tickets because I was always able to get some. Yeah. Uh, so I know that the time will come and I'll pick them up for Dallas. You're going to Tulsa. Uh, yeah. I'm right? doing yeah I'm doing Dallas, Tulsa, Houston. And I look at Austin every day waiting for either the prices to start raise or drop. Um mm -hmm. right now uh, an upper level seat um is about 230 bucks and uh and I'm just going to wait till it's closer. Just yeah, you know yeah. I'll end up pulling the trigger on it but I just for now I'm just waiting. But that that's I I'm right there with you. Yeah. I uh, um, I I know I'm going to go right. and I, there's no doubt about it. And I'd love to do multiple shows because I do believe this is the last time out. Uh, so it's very worthwhile to me. I can't wait to go see it. And I needed everything to die down because the temperature was so hot and all of the energy that was coming out over it. I went, no, wait, every wait a minute everybody it's bruce and uh he's got around you know 45 years of history with me i'm i'm not going to blow it up over what's going on and happening with this tour so um uh, i know you've been talking about it to yeah. all over the place 
uh, but yeah, I'm very excited about going and I want to hear, uh, the new record. I want to, yeah. uh, that's what I love. I, I want him to tour this. I want to hear every song. And also we've been fortunate to see him do so many fantastic shows. I know this one's going to be great. It's funny. I just, uh, read the, uh, unrequited. Oh, I have the book right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steven Van Zandt. Uh, yeah. Uh, which I, I just finished reading and then I loved that. I loved I did what too. he has. Cool. I, yeah. I, it was a, a really great read. Uh, very interesting individual and how their relationship. Yeah. Um, he and Bruce and it, it dovetails into Bruce's book so well. Uh, so I, I got really jazzed about that and that was right before tickets came out so i was ready to roll and then all of a sudden this other came happened so you know yeah that's great yeah well well, go ahead no 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 i just yeah i i i think that's you know there has been a lot of noise don't need to repeat it here or there i you know there's a lot of people that are upset and there's a lot of people that aren't upset and i'm just I'm hoping that we kind of start to move on um, and get excited about the tour, excited about, you know, and, and I did talk to uh, Terry Smith, you know, we had a really good Mm -hmm. discussion and he has promised like in January, he'll be on again and uh, maybe get other people and like, okay, let's, what are the, let's guess which of the five songs they're going to start with. (laughs) What are the five songs on the encore? Well, I I can't wait for that. And yeah, uh, like Tulsa is such a great city to go and see concerts. I thought, wow, what a great venue! Because uh, I've uh, family is from there, so I mm-hmm. you pick that out, and I'm and I know it's going to be great here. So I look forward to all that. And yeah, that so that's that's what's been going on, and my love for all things Bruce and. Yeah, and kind of was strengthened again by going through. Okay, Stevie Van Zant, he's got a real story to tell, and I can see how the two of them sort of fed off each other and talked about the relationships and loves lost and loves won. I thought it is it, it's it just got me real excited about going back, listening to the new album again, and going. I think it's going to be great. So yeah, yeah. thanks for asking. I, I can't wait. Well, that's going to be great. Um, all right. So, Mark, uh, we are talking John Hyatt tonight. So give me a little bit of your background. How did you discover John? Talk about a little bit, you know, your journey. And it turns out we were concert buddies, right? We, we've we gone to a couple of shows without knowing at the same time. We were both at Hyatt shows here in Dallas. Absolutely. Uh, that's the – well, we started at the where he really broke. I was yeah. living in Austin, and uh, I heard the "Bring the Family," and I, I that's where it was breaking. It was playing on KLBJ. Uh, I was down there living, uh, lived next to Town Lake, so I would go do runs around Town Lake back in the day. Mm-hmm. So we're talking eighty eight, eighty nine, and I went, "Who is this?" and started going i love this uh the cd i'll try not to call it a record sorry that's okay i still <laughs> call them records well, yeah i went uh i went 
I love this record from start to finish. I went, he's funny. He's lyrical. He tells great stories. And the, so that was where I was introduced to him. And you're right. When he came to Fort Worth in, uh, I want to take a, a guess. It's around 94. It was the a caravan of dreams. We've talked about that uh, in the past when we yeah. had a, a chance to speak. The greatest venue or one of the greatest venues that i have ever seen live music saw yes. a ton of people there and he came to i believe promote stolen moment moments do you do you recall it that way uh, a caravan i i do something around that i know so here's go ahead and finish your story and then i'll tell you my caravan story okay well i um we caravan of dreams john hyatt uh, I take my family and my father-in-law. It's his first rock show uh, in many, many years. His name was Gary. We said, let's go see this. And we're up off of one side because the caravan sat around 300 people. Right. And we were, you know, it was, going, it was general admission. So we set off to one side up in a place where it overlooked the stage. So we look over and there. Uh, are the guilty dogs and John and he's, you know, eight feet away from me, 10 feet away. And the show was just phenomenal. The energy that's, uh, it is reflected in live at Budokan. They're alive at Budokan. Cause I just went that, that kind of energy and they rocked. And I re- remember the thing I remember that night was their long drawn out version of riding with the King. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of all of the other great music. So uh, the band was rocking. And that kind of, when I was doing, looking back at the research for uh, the Tiki Bars Open, yeah, uh, okay, he's got the goners with him, and they had the energy of bring the family and slow turning and all of that and how it fed up through that line of energy to hit, to stolen moments which was i think a real apex for him moving into perfectly good guitar uh maybe that was the tour uh, and because mm-hmm. perfectly good guitar was a, a real strong record uh after following up stolen moments for me and then cry love so all of those things put together it was a tremendous night where were you that night so to give you a little story i was um the we had gone this was i guess the third time we had seen john the first time we had seen him he was at ellen's redo i don't know if you were living in dallas at the time but it was on lower greenville Mm -hmm. and uh it it was an old bank they had turned into a music venue and it had really great acoustics and he was solo and uh oh, cool. we able to and there was a very small crowd um you know maybe 100 150 people and we were able to meet him afterwards just for a few minutes and you know oh, nice. get to tell him hi and then the next time we went and saw him he was at um you know down in deep ellum and mm-hmm. i want to say club clearview or someplace but they had no seats right it was right. you know it's it's in deep ellum and, mm-hmm. and for you listeners deep ellum is uh on the other side of downtown 
uh, Dallas. It has a long history of blues, a lot of great bands. Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians came from there. Uh, you know, my friend Sarah Hickman. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it really and so we were old right we're like but we didn't know a ticket didn't include a chair right <laughs> so and so when we heard he was coming to caravan of dreams my and we heard it was with the goners my wife's like no i'm not going i'm not going there's not going to be a chair there's not going to be a seat they're going to be loud i won't go So my buddy Rick and I went and we ended up um, it. We were in the back of Caravan of Dreams. Usually when we would go see Sarah Hickman, uh, which we'd see saw every time she played Caravan, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'd picture the stage is at the beginning. And then as you're facing the stage to the right, there's a little raised little platform. And that's where we'd sit a lot. Well, we were in the way back, almost near the rear bar Mm -hmm. to see john still great acoustics and uh rick made fun of linda because he was like not only did we have a great seat not only did we have a great view but he played riding with the king because you know he doesn't play a lot of songs necessarily before bring the family right right so she was crazy. So she was really, you know, irritated at us that, you know, we had this great seat and everything. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, I love that. Then we saw him at uh, Lakeview Theater once. I don't know. Did you go to that one? No, I didn't go there. The next time I saw him was he was warming up Jackson Brown. Oh, uh, that would have been a good show. It was an excellent show. Uh, it was at Starplex, and that's mm-hmm. our back. I don't know what it's called now, but it, that was yep. our amphitheater here in Dallas. Right. And yeah, he came out, and and that was with the Guilty Dogs. The Goners weren't with him then. Yeah. Uh, and he came out. He played a full set, it, a, a real powerful version of "Have a Little Faith in Me." I remember that night and that mm-hmm. tune particularly. And then, of course, Jackson Brown. So that that's the only other time I've seen him live. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, when he was at the Lakewood Theater, which was another really nice v, uh, oh, yeah. venue, um, he did a great long version of Just Like Your Dad Did yeah. um, and tells this whole story about watching the Beatles and all this stuff in the middle of it. So, yeah. Um, Great, great, great show. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm he's coming to House of Blues, uh, coming up pretty quick, and I'm planning to go. Well, uh, I I think I saw the show uh, advertised. I think you put it out on there on Twitter. Yeah, uh, House House of Blues is a great venue. Yeah, uh, and I would love to see him. In fact. Probably by the end of this discussion, as soon as we finish, I'll find tickets. Well, then uh, and we'll have to meet. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, because Absolutely. we yeah. we saw him solo there, um, and it it had good acoustics, and uh, we had a really good time. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. This should be a lot of fun. Well, tell um, me, yeah. I want to know what was it like to see a an acoustic show with him or just him solo. Uh, yeah so uh, we've, how was we've, that experience yeah it we've done it twice now um 
we we saw him at House of Blues, and then for my 60th birthday, we we drove down to Austin to see him because he was at the Paramount Theater, which mm-hmm. is another great little venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's very good. He he tells a lot of stories. Um, you know, you get to hear his voice well. Um, he, you know, when we saw him in Austin, he, his voice was a little tired. And, and so it was still a good show, but you could tell he was just starting to, you know, maybe he'd, he'd sung a little too much the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, but great, great, you know, great show. Yeah. Well, it, well excellent. Uh, it's so, so interesting, this whole dive into John Hyatt. And yeah. I'm going to, because when the first time you, I, I started hearing that you were going to be doing this, it reminds me of a, a story of someone you like a lot. I think, you know, Mike Reiner. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, from, uh, so he, Mike Reiner, he was uh, on uh, the ticket for many, many years. He's a legend, a radio legend here in the Dallas Fort yeah. Worth area. And I remember on the ticket, this is early, way back, he had, there was a, their sister station was CD 107 on the FM side. And Abby Goldstein would come over and play Spin or Trash. Remember that? Or the, those yes, days when yes. She'd come over. Okay. And um, I remember it just popped into my head because I was out mowing the yard one day listening to her come in. And she said, I've got something new from John Hyatt. And I remember Mike Reiner and everybody, he's kind of a curmudgeon. He goes, yes. I just never got him. I never got him. What's the deal with John Hyatt? I went, okay, man. <laughs> that is hilarious. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, he said, yeah. Abby said, come on and listen to this one. I think you're going to like it. And he goes, well, I just really never quite got into him. So cheers to Mike Reiner. And uh, just had his birthday as John we're recording this. On. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, John lives on. I hope he's gotten him now. Uh, yeah, me too. Years later. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, oh gosh, I love that story. Uh, it, yeah. It, yeah. The that was a great time. Uh, they were trying to break this new station with uh, Abby Goldstein saying we're going. She, uh, another legend in the Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, worked on the public radio station for many years booking and playing all different kinds of music so she was they were trying this bless them they were playing you know singer songwriters sean colvin uh mm-hmm. david wilcox people like that and i think the station lasted for around seven or eight months but it was cool while it lasted it, yeah uh, so anyway i i kind of take the station i've uh program i want to play that kind of mix as well but uh, just thinking about hyatt and then doing the research on the Tiki Bar, it's it's a great, it's an interesting story how it, the album came out on September 11th, 2001. And I, that's, I, I had gotten Little Head and there were like four or five songs on Little Head that I liked. Yeah. Uh, I just graduated, I think that uh, very cool song. And, and what and going back and reading what other people were saying about 
uh, what was happening with Hyatt was he kind of had a little bit of a slump, which I never really understood. Uh, I didn't see it that way, but he was re-energized by the album before this, uh, Crossing Muddy Waters was an acoustic album. Uh, right. And, and then he, and he got the goners back together, uh, and they just started playing and this album came out of it and man, what a great, powerful record. Yeah. So, uh, yes, we are picking, uh, the Tiki bar is opened. It is John's 16th album as he, uh, as Mark just mentioned, it did, uh, was released on September 11, 2001, which is not quite as bad as an album being released during the pandemic, but it is uh, certainly not a great thing. Um, talk to me about why, why did you want to talk about this album? Well, I, I think of it as it was the closest closing of the loop back to bring the family. Okay. Uh, I, I saw an arc of creativity going through stellar moments and perfectly good guitar. And I go, the next album that really has stuck with me over the years was the Tiki bars open. First of all, I thought, Oh, what a cool album title. And then when I heard the title track, I went, all right, that's John at his finest, uh, a lot of humor. And at the same time, thought provoking. That's the way all of his lyrics are. Cause you go, where's he going? You know, and, and he, a lot of those lyrics are on this album and it's just a straight ahead. Great. Uh, album from start to finish. And I think another reason why I wanted to talk about it is I'm a big fan of Sonny Landreth and he is so powerful on this record. He just shines through, uh, all the way through from the blues tunes. Uh, I know a place, I'm looking at my notes because I, they all, okay. the, yeah, I love that song. I love the blues. And Sonny Landers is just a great slide guitar player. He's one of the best. He's a legend. And uh, he's all over this record, and he makes the goners sound so powerful. And he's the perfect complement to John, I think. I think they really work together in building his tunes. So that's why I wanted to talk about the, the Tiki Bars Open. I want everyone to go out, buy it, listen to it, Spotify it, whatever you do these days, because it's just a great record. All right. Well, how do you want to break this out, Mark? Do you want to go uh, song by song? You want to just talk about favorite? You you tell me. Uh, the, you think, drive the bus, America. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, well, I think we talk about a few of the favorite tunes. Okay. Uh, and we don't have to go through track by track. Okay. Uh, though I will say uh, the first uh, tune right off the bat. Oh. I'm looking here. I, I wish I had the CD in front of me. Of course, I don't know. Everybody went low. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Jesse. Uh, no, no, uh, no. I, I, I um, everybody went low. What I, the thing about John Hyatt is it's a real unique rock and roll sound. What yes. do you think? I mean, it's just a different kind of energy, and especially when you have a four-piece. Uh, and he just starts this riff uh, on Everybody Went Low, and it's just, and then out of nowhere, boom, 
the goners come in, Sonny Landers starts playing, and I go, whoa. So I think that is a great way to kick off the album. Everybody went low, and then it just takes off from there. It's a This album is really a mixture of different types of genres. Sometimes, uh, like on Everybody Went Low, Straight Ahead, Rocker, all the way through. Then he comes up with some just profoundly sad love songs that I go because it used to be oh you know when stolen moments uh one of the great lyrics of all time is i've met an angel or two but i've never in my life that i've never asked one to be my wife right that that, okay that's a guy who's in love and now we're getting to tunes about you know I, i will never forget you uh the, and it's just crushing sadness love stories uh i love uh, that song i love lilacs in ohio i think one, that's one of my favorites yeah and i think one of the things that if you are not a john hyatt fan uh, you know i if you are a fan of that early those first couple of albums of bruce's where as he talked about in that apple film you know, Dylan said, you're going to run out of words if you aren't mm-hmm. careful, um, <laughs> you know, that because like one of the verses in Everybody Went Low is, well, I was coming up for air. I heard somebody breathing and it was June Bug praying harder than a heathen. And she mm-hmm. was smiling like the sole survivor in a lifeboat said, if I jump in, Junie, do you think this thing will f- still float? Everybody went low. Um, he he has a. And we've talked about this, um, you know, when I had Michael Elliott on, when we were talking about Perfectly Good Guitar, John has a wicked sense of humor. Amen. And when he writes his lyrics, he really can have a lot of fun with that. Um, I think one of his gifts is he's really, he has a good ear of picking a song to kick off the album to kick off the release, the CD, the download, whatever you want (laughs) to do it, right? And this, everybody went low. You know, you're right. I mean, it is, it's full of energy. There's a sense of joy to it. And uh, I I just, I think it says, come on, we're, we're, we're ready to go. Let's, let's get doing that. So yeah, I I agree. Yeah, it it says exactly the title track. I mean, the first song off the album, he's saying, we're about to go on a journey and yeah. I'm take, I'm going to take you places. Little do you realize that you're going to go from straight ahead rockers to psychedelica at the end of the, of it. I go, whoa, what a shift. And in between you have uh, some different takes like, it, you know, it used to have a little faith in me. Well, yeah. the songs, uh, something broken. Yeah, uh, I, I I mean I don't want to j- jump all over the place. No, that's okay. Uh, You're good. But, but uh, when I think I mean, that is sort of the antithesis to have a little faith in me. Uh, yeah, piano, thoughtful, and he's because knowing you uh, changed my life, and I'm never getting a part of me back. And I've tried everything. I've tried pills. I've tried powder. And you're still there and you will always be there. Okay, yeah. Jesse. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. That is, it's really, really well done. Um, it very powerful. Um, and I, I agree. It is that I've tried every, um, you know, powder and every pill, right, to put mm-hmm. it back together somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, you know, going back to um, hanging around here. Um, I love the idea. He says, all the roads lead me straight to you. It's all good. Every little thing you do, it got me going just to have you near. I learned that, honey, just hanging around here. Um, you know, it is a, a, a truly wonderful love song. There is some maturity to this, though. I think, you know, he and his wife, you know, ended up raising three children. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure it's some tough lives. I mean, you know, all marriage is a journey. And so, yeah, I, I, I really liked it, too. Um, and, yeah. Well, and, and speaking of that, just hanging around here, I the somberness of the tune yeah. takes me to, if we can do a Bruce reference, it has it's almost like my city of ruins. Yes. Uh, where, you know, the the line is similar. But it's just so it, it, it's it's so thoughtful and introspective, like you say. At this at this time, he's in his I don't know mid fifties. Yeah, uh, and so he has been living a very hard life. It sounds like, and now I'm coming back, and that you also the call out to uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah, I I know. From reading about, because one, I he goes, I was a rocker, yeah, uh, listening yeah. to the Beatles, the Stones, and of course he makes reference to the Stones and you know bring the family, and uh, we'll get to the the tune later where he how how many people call out to Aqualung, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what's another one you want to talk about? Um. I real well the lilacs of Ohio in Ohio the, the lilacs of Ohio. Okay. Uh, I just uh, I think that is a, a a great tune. I love the idea of he met her while he was throwing up on his shoes of the person that was singing this, and I went I was going why the lilac of of Ohio? Well, where did that come from? Well, uh, of course, only someone like Hyatt. He he calls back to he said one of his favorite movies is The Lost Weekend, uh, and okay, and Ray Moland in there he is you know, on a bend. If anyone's not seen it, uh, he's on a bender, and he talks to the guy at the bar, and he goes, "I'm a writer," and I'm paraphrasing here, and he said, um, "I'm trying to write the great love story," and he says one of the most difficult things about writing the great love story. This is the character is you've got to have really powerful details to tell a story about love. And what happens is Hyatt said, in this movie, or, or I'm, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. That's okay. The call out was, it was like a person is asked to go out on, a, a, a guy asks a girl out to, go, to go out on a date. And they're all waiting to go on the date. And on the very last minute, the girl, the woman, uh, cancels on him. But he puts it in a note. 
and he reads the note and it says, I'm not going to be able to go out with you. And in the note, it's perfumed with the smell of lilacs. Of Ohio. Mm, okay. So I'll go, oh, and that comes from the movie. And now when I thought of that, this gentleman in this story, he never gets to have this love. It's kind of like, you know, a, a forsaken love. I met her. I always was going to be with her and it was never going to be, but I recall her perfume and it smelled like all the lilacs of in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I went, and so that speaks to me on many different levels. And it just shows how Hyatt is so smart using his different background, different thoughts, and then turning them into four minute songs that can really rock. Yeah. So I, I I love that one, and uh, I think the um, couple of others that I really liked, I like the the Rock of Your Love is the one where it talks about, I think it's kind of like slow turning in its own way, where he talks about, um, we you have kids, I have kids, we had a great life, and the only difference now is the kids ask what it was like when we were young, he said, Nothing. It's just that we're late for the show. Well, and what I love about that one is to throw in another Bruce reference, right? Um, Turn my whole world upside down. Try to run away. But I just ran aground on the rock of your love, on the stone hard truth, on the rock of your love. I find my living proof. And, you know, Bruce wrote Mm -hmm. living proof after the birth of his you know, son. And so hearing that living proof kind of like, Oh wait, there's a connection. So a little bit different use of it. Uh, but, uh, really, really, uh, a, a good song, a really strong song that, um, has a lot of depth to it that I, that talking about, um, you know, their yeah. journey together again. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, that and and uh, well, and okay, I mixed my tunes, but yeah, uh, uh, sorry that that the the one with the where living proof is exactly where you are, and but the, the this I love this idea about in uh, it, that's my old friend is the one about Aqualung. Sorry, yes, that's okay. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, and th- that's where he call he calls out Dylan like a Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. and he uh. I, I that is another song that ties back into oh sorry yeah another song that ties back into rock of your love uh because you know he has found something special he's found something permanent and like you say he has lived a lot of life and that's what this record is talking mm-hmm. about a lot of introspection some sadness and some joy yeah uh, so completely agree and it does have a sense of bruce to it and and it's yeah and the the thoughtfulness when you have great songwriters that can step outside of themselves yet make it personal to all of us mm-hmm. you know that's the sign of really yeah having a, a very just making a real enjoyable listening experience mm-hmm. you go okay i'm gonna soak all this in the other song that i think is really terrific which is uh, you always hum along and tap to it is the title track the tpr oh, yeah. is open uh, i think it is 
one of his best tunes. It reminds me of, you know, Cry Love and Memphis in the meantime. It just has that kind of, uh, you're going to, it's going to stay in your head long after the, the album is over. And I did not know that he was a race car driver. Uh, and when you started out saying, you know, Daytona Beach yeah. and how he dedicated, or, well, he referred to, and I think it's a dedication to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Absolutely. And calling him the king and no one will else be like him. And then I went, man, do you remember we, we saw the accident and, yeah. and that if you were, if you're someone that loves the sport um, uh, and he's going along, he said, I'm driving into Daytona and he said, uh, Hyatt, he went, I was inspired by, I was driving into Daytona beach after do, uh, doing some racing. I was coming into town and they have all these little bars. Uh, and one of them had one single Tiki torch lit. Mm-hmm. Up front, and he said, you know what? That just stuck with me. And I go, thank God there's one bar with one tiki torch. He goes, I don't drink at all. But you know what? I'm glad that it lives on and the spirit of the of Dale and what he and what John loves. I think that's a great, uh, it's a great tune. What do you, I mean, tell, yeah. tell me about your thoughts. Yeah, no, I agree. Like one of the things that, you know, I had this on repeat today at work. So in between, you know, talking on the phone or working with anyone, I had it playing. And it is, it's so catchy. You know, you're the tiki bar is open, you know, just over and over again. You could just hear that lyric and going on there. And it is, um, I really think it's a fun song. Um, and because as you talk about it, right. And, um, and he does, he talks about in this sobriety, you mentioned it. I know a drink ain't no solution. I ain't had one in 17 years, but if that Tiki bar was closed tonight, well, I might just disappear. You know, thank God the Tiki bar is open. Thank God the Tiki torch still shines. And uh, yeah, it just, it, it, it's there it's it's you know um keeping that light shining and uh it it's really beautiful i agree well and then then you take it to that next level if we can go there where you think where he says you know at the last come on in and open up your mind you're thinking all right the is the tiki bar some kind of spiritual journey that john wants us to take no matter how profane it might be uh and that that goes always to the side of his music where it has this universal message of the spirit of love all the way back through through his stories about family uh up through this song so i think i don't want to be too hyperbolic but i think that it comes down to a you know what it does reach out and say, let's keep things alive. I'm so glad that there's a chance to have that tiki torch lit and whatever that means to you out there, keep your spirit burning. 
How's that? Yeah, it is. And then uh, I don't know if you were, I'm going to repeat a story, right? But um, Hyatt was on uh, Treme and the great series. And they, they asked them to play and he was doing feels like rain. And um, Steve Earle is playing a character in the TV series. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen the series. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. and we're and you know, he down here the river meets the sea and in the sticky heat I feel you open up to me. Love comes out of nowhere baby like a hurricane and it feels like rain. Mm-hmm. And the person talking to Steve Earl like I can't believe he wrote this. It's so appropriate to Katrina and <laughs> The Steve Earle character says he wrote this in 88, you know, I mean, like 15 years before Katrina. And that's the beauty of a great song. It it finds you where you are and it it answers the questions that you are asking to yourself. I think there is um, we I've had a couple of people on and. You know, I've had guests say, I don't want someone to explain to me what the lyrics are. Skip Sherman was talking about that. I don't want someone to tell me what the lyrics mean, what they're supposed to mean. I want them to mean what I want them to mean. And I think that's beautiful. I I agree. And I think that's one of the interesting things about going back and looking at a person's work is I'm not here to dissect john hyatt's music there's no way i could i yeah. just like what you're saying of taking that moment and when i read it and then what you say about him using river as a metaphor yeah all through his records it's in this uh, album too where we you know lived our lives in the the river that i mean that you know somewhere in one of the lyrics it said we learned in, in it to the river mouth I forget, yeah. maybe it was everybody went low or the, uh, and I just think about all the different lyrics. I, I like to hear what he has to say and, and let it, let me take it where I want to go with it. I think that's exactly right. And that's where I'm thinking of what you're saying about, okay, the Tiki bar, Dale Earnhardt, Daytona, he has a spiritual connection to race car driving. And all of a sudden we've taken it to a different level. And I think that's what's cool about his music. It, yeah. It has an eternal kind of vibe to it that uh, makes me want to go back and listen to all the records. So, yeah, uh, it does. Um, the other, the only other song I wanted to bring up is um, I'll Never Get Over You. And the reason why my wife and I just recently uh, were re watching the great. Ken Burns country music documentary. Mm-hmm. And in one of the episodes, they talk about um, a up and coming songwriter named Willie Nelson. And he had written a song and, uh, and Farron Young said, I like that. I'm going to record it. And Willie said, okay, $500. You can have the song. And Farron Young said, Nope. I will lend you $500, but you keep the songwriting credits. And so it was Hello Walls. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, and when 
he tells the story. <laughs> Both Willie Nelson and Farron Young tell the same story that Willie walked into that bar wherever they are, that little, you know, restaurant that everyone hung out. And, uh, and he had a $20,000 royalty check and he kissed Farron Young <laughs> straight <laughs> on the lips. <laughs> and yeah but i would have thought time would erase i'll never get over you the feelings lost in your embrace i'll never get over you but still i try still i cry still i'm wondering why it's yeah. very simple but he is that and i said it's the tradition of hello walls i'm so lonesome i could cry these sad songs that like Frank Sinatra called the bartender songs that it's 3 a.m. There's no one here, but you you know, you and me and he's, he's crying in his beer and that I just think it's a wonderful, just feeling sorry for yourself song about your lost love. Yeah. And I take that. Because when I wrote down my notes after I was listening to it today, and is it? It's just pure sadness. You know, it goes. I tell myself my heart will find a way to get over you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I go. When I've already lost my mind trying to get over you, but I, it, that is so just sad, and it can tell he can find that place where uh, love can really be a dark place to go and lost love mm-hmm. is what he's you know talking about and you're right it, it's he it's a different way of looking at that classic i want to commiserate about a lost love and he takes it to that next level yeah uh, and and uh, i think that he has such a confidence this kind this album was really unique because you know he was back to his band uh they're comfortable together uh he did that the crossing muddy waters really unique album and it kind of re-energized him to do this and i think that gave him the perspective to write these kind of tunes i don't know when he did them i mean they could all been 20 years old but uh it this was the time to share them so i agree with you it's a great tune and i I would like to tip the hat to Far the Stars because when I first heard it, I go, what is going on? And when I sat back and listened, well, he has a band that is so focused and talented uh, that it's time to just stretch it out. And uh, it's a seven or eight minute exercise in like, like a Beatles tune. Or yeah. 2,000 Light Years from Home, from the Stones. It's just out there, and it's a beautiful way to end the record. Uh, yeah. So I I love the bookend of, okay, we're going to go rocking. Everybody went low, and then I'm going to take you ethereally out wherever you want to head next. Uh, I, I really like that song, too. Yeah, I agree. It's just really, really well done. Um, any other thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, it just... Uh, thank you for this time and letting me think about the record again, thinking about Hyatt and what you're doing with the series. I don't know if a lot of people know about him. They know about 
some of the songs that were big hits. And I think this has really been a, a, a great opportunity for giving me for getting a little bit confused as we went along, but I no, really no, no. appreciate it. I would give this, well, you're very kind. I would give this, this album is a strong eight, nine or 10 ish. Yeah. Uh, it, it really brings them back to me the perfectly good guitar kind of strength and bring the family, even though bring the family doesn't, isn't a rocker like this is. Uh, so I, it's just a great time to talk about it and I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is, um, it's a very listenable, um, you know, album. I think, you know, it definitely, um, there are some, tunes that will get in your head not just the tiki bar is open but like everybody went low uh you're gonna enjoy it and the way he says all the lyacs and ohio <laughs> is just so so fun so absolutely yeah it, like I said, it, yeah. It, does, it, it has a lot of hooks and yes yeah so i i strongly recommend it uh go back and give it a few more listens if those of you already have it in your library absolutely and, uh, thank you sir no problem mark if someone wants to reach you how can they i well, they can find me uh on twitter at gonzo 1978 uh i uh you can also find me at the my radio station it's an internet radio station it's through live 365 so okay. how you get to it and i like i say it's very eclectic um a child of the late 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, singer-songwriters up through now. So we go from the Monkees to Neil Diamond to from Frank Sinatra to uh, Lord Huron today. Uh, nice. It, uh, it's a real interesting, interesting mix. So it's Live 365 is is the app. It's, you can take get it on at any app store. Download that. And then search for KLGD, the legend, and you'll have it. I'm the only one with that moniker. And you'll see it has a little guitar that looks like antenna, a a radio antenna with the the state of Texas in the middle and a heart right in the middle of Dallas. So uh, that's where you can find me. And I appreciate you letting me share that. I love for people to listen in and you can also find it on the web at uh, the legend.radiowebsite.co and that's where you can reach me thank you yeah so if you'll send uh send me those links i'll put them in the show notes uh this has been a blast it's appreciated uh yes if you end up buying tickets which it says you're going to uh let's make let's connect beforehand and so we can share a drink i'd love to introduce you to linda and uh we'll enjoy a night of music together we'll do it and thank you very much All right, listeners, go check out some John Hyatt. Uh, You've you've had a bunch of episodes this month going over different albums. Uh, If you end up finding an album that we didn't cover you want to discuss, reach out. Let me know. We'll we'll do this up again anytime. Uh, But for now, go talk to your family doctor. Get vaccinated. Get boosted. Let's be kind to each other because that's how we're going to get through this. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. 
You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. You can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, that listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. This podcast would not be possible without the support and friendship of my Patreon backers. I want to thank Rob Burnett, Mary Thomas, John Munson, Terry Smith, Bella Pori, Crystal Carroll, Dale Hosick, Andrew Goddard, Stephen Malio, Anna Lynn, Betsy Hodges, Randy Brown, Chris Bloom, and Steve Rogers. I appreciate you so much, and I hope to see you all at a show sometime soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.